Well, in a real sense, God wants to bring all of us every day into the home experience of living a life with Him that is unburdened. Just like in that song, Amazing Grace, when you think of that song, if you know the background of it, was written out of a heart that was deeply burdened due to sin and guilt and all that was upon his back. And as he wrote this song, he found great freedom and began to live a life that he had never realized he could live. I don't know if you're like me. Um, I tend to be sometimes one of those kind of persons that when I go on a trip, I pack more than I probably need. Anybody do that? You just, you know what, and, and you just, and you end up lugging around stuff and then you get home and you go, you know, why did I lug all that stuff around? It reminds me of my brother when my, when he was going to, this just came up to my head. Anyway, uh, he was going to Camp Shaman when I was a kid and my mom packed all his stuff and she got it all neat and everything and he went in the clothes, he went there in and he came home in the same clothes and my mom opened up the pack and none of it had been used. Now that's like an unnecessary burden to carry that bag when you didn't need it, huh? We all kind of at times I think carry things that we don't really need to do and instead of it being actual physical things and luggage, we carry things that instead of aching our back, they actually produce an aching heart and they rob us of the peace that God has promised. Mary Crowley is a single mom who rose to prominence as the head of a multi-million dollar company. She said, every evening I turn my worries over to God. I figure he's going to be up all night anyway. Novelist George MacDonald once remarked, No man ever sank under the burden of the day. It is when tomorrow's burden is added to the burden of today that the weight is more than a man can bear. Which is why I think Jesus told his disciples, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So here's the question I want to ask you, and I want you to consider Because the kingdom life that Jesus calls us into is the life that is really unburdened. And we're going to talk about what that looks like in a moment. But I want you to look at this. There usually are things that we carry. and We're going to look at three things specifically. Um, There's a whole lot of other things I could have listed here. But three things that I think are burdens that we weren't intended to carry. Are you taking on burdens that you're not to carry? Are you assuming responsibilities for something that is really God's responsibility or possibly someone else's responsibility? There's an author, Timothy Titcomb. He writes this. He says, I know very few men and women who do not hear about with who do not bear about with them care and trouble, which God never put upon them and which he has no desire to see upon their shoulders. Things that do not belong to them. So Jesus calls out to a group of people at one point, calling him into this kingdom life and beginning to live this life with the knowledge and understanding of a father to children in that sense of a father who loves and cares for them. And his whole desire is for each one of us to grow up. And part of this living an unburdened life and living into the kingdom life is for each one of us to grow up into adulthood and maturity. And just because you may have gray hair or you may have you know, aged some doesn't mean that you've become mature in even these areas. And it could be that God's calling you even today as Jesus called people and he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke, the, the life that you have when you yoke yourself up with me, like that oxen being yoked together, if there was one that was moving faster or the yoke wasn't right, it would rub, it would cause sores, it would, be, it would create a burden. And he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He also says at one point in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And by what he means by that is not if you grab your Bible and walk around with it, but if you actually take the Word of God as He speaks it to your life and you apply it, it has this ability. He says, when you hold to my teaching, that you are really my disciples. You show that you are one who follows me. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The idea is that as you engage in this kingdom life, as you begin to follow Him, and as you begin to take the Word that He has given you, that word applied to your life begins to bring a truth into your life that sets you free and allows for you to live an unburdened light. And so this series, as we've been talking about different things, today we're talking about this idea of lighten up. There may be some areas that Jesus this morning is calling to you and saying, you know what, I want you to lighten up. One of those areas is what I call let go of taking care of others. Now, I use this in the sense because taking care of others can be a good thing, but when you move into what I call an unhealthy caretaking of others, it begins to become a burden that God never desired for you to have. It's a boundary issue. In fact, most of these things we're going to talk about this morning are boundary issues. It's about knowing what's yours and what isn't yours, and then living within that and knowing that with what's in yours, God stands with you if you invite him into that circle, and he will walk with you. And often people who struggle with this are parents, it is people who struggle with this are people who um, often have gifts of mercy. Professionals who work in social, as social workers, counselors, healthcare workers, anyone in related fields where you are called in to help people carry their burdens. But let me tell you, it happens in the work world all the time. It happens with managers who seek to carry a burden of someone else when they shouldn't. And it creates all kinds of problems. It happens in marriages. And you may go, you know, I'm not a caretaker and I don't do that unhealthy caretaking. I'm not worried about that burden. But you're probably related to someone either by marriage or relationship. Jesus could have throughout his entire life carried burdens that he was not called to carry. He had people coming to him all the time, but he had a real good sense of what was his and what wasn't. So that he could say to people, if you hold to my teaching, if you live like I live, you'll actually know what it means to live under the Father and not carry these burdens. So if you look at Galatians chapter 6, verses 2 through 5, I want to share with you in this point right here, a scripture that is so fundamental that, that God has used in my life in the past and, and has given me understanding in this whole area of what are the boundaries that I'm supposed to carry and, and what goes around that. So that he says in verse 2, carry each other's burdens. So you might want to kind of underline, that's an interesting statement. He says, carry each other's burdens. And then he goes down to verse 5, drop your eyes, for each one should carry its own load. It's kind of a contradiction. How do I carry someone else's burden and yet carry someone else's, you know, carry my own load? He says, carry each other's burden. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then, and this is interesting, he can take pride in himself. You think, well, wait a second, pride. Yes, there's a, there's a healthy pride. There's a healthy side to almost every emotion. Without comparing himself to somebody else, there's a key. For each one, he says, should carry his own load. God's love 
sets you free truly when you begin to understand how he loves you and cares for you and will care for you within the circle of your responsibility. And he will then use you to help care for others. And it allows for you when you understand these concepts to be able to really care for someone else in a meaningful way. And if you're clear about this, love says when you're responsible to help others, which is the law of Christ, Christ lived by one law. They said, what's the most important law? So love the Lord your God with all your heart and love others as you would love yourself. This idea that you can love God and love others. And so this law of love, which he's talking about, is the one that when it sees someone who is burdened, when it sees someone who is carrying a load that's heavier than what they can actually carry, there's a time you step in and you help them in that process. Love says you are responsible to help others to the point where they can then come to the place where they can help themselves. Verse 2. Selfish love steps beyond that and carries the load that God has actually designed someone else to carry. It crosses the boundary. I'm amazed at how well Paul understood this and taught this truth. He knew what it meant to talk about personal boundaries when it comes to each of our responsibilities. If you look at verse 2 and 5, as we said, they talk about bearing something, carry each other's burden, and then for each to carry his own. Paul makes two simple, important points. In verse 2, he's saying you are responsible to others and catch this partially. You get that? Now, that's a little bit different when we talk about babies, but the whole process is to get to the point where you are not caring for them in that same way. Partially. Verse 5, listen to this. You are responsible to yourself fully. 100%. And there's a difference in the Greek language between the word burden in verse 2 and the word load in verse 5. You have to understand that because it gives understanding to what's going on. Verse 2, the word burden is, is the idea of a crushing weight that has fallen upon someone. The word baros in the Greek is the idea of a, a, the crushing load of a boulder. As if you're going along and a boulder crushes you, lands on top of you, and you're trapped under it in a sense. There are times in life where we're crushed by unexpected crises, tragedies to occur. The loss of employment, a house burns down, car accident, and sometimes even the result of a person's foolish and irresponsible choice. There are times these things occur. There's a young family right now in Maple Hill Estates, and Brian Dejewski and Jill have been ministering to them, who this last, just in the last few days, lost their two-year-old son. Their aunt drove the car into the child and killed the child. That's a burden. That is the kind of thing that people come around and give support and help and strengthen people when they've been crushed. It's the Good Samaritan story that, that, that Jesus talks about when a person was robbed. The Samaritan is an interesting thing. He takes the man and cares for him, brings him to a hotel, a place where he can be cared for, pays the bills until, not continuously, like, you know, here you can do this forever. I'm going to be paying your bills. I'm going to carry your load forever. But until that person can get on their feet and they're healthy and well again. You're responsible to others partially, says verse 2. 
And then he gives these couple notes. You wonder why he says verse 3 and 4. Why does he just say one and then just go right to the next one? There's a reason why he does. Because in the process of helping people, in the process of taking the load off people, at times it's really easy to do a couple of things. And so you see this in verse 3 and verse 4. And the first one he says, be really careful because sometimes when you actually stoop down to help someone, you can rise up in your heart with pride because you go in judgment. I'm not, I'm glad I didn't do that or that was foolish or, or whatever. He says, if anyone in verse three thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. There's a, you know, another way to say that if anyone thinks they're somebody when they're really a nobody, they're merely deceived. There's this sense that as you step in to help the crushing weight, whether it was something that was tragic outside the person's um, sense of understanding, it was random or it was due to a foolish choice. Your job is not to bend down and rise up with pride. So that's what he's saying. So as you step in to help someone carry their burden, and then he goes on and he says, each one should test his own actions. It's a really important idea here. He's saying what you need to do, the word test is to prove, like you would prove whether this gold is real or not, and you test it to get the dross out. He's in a sense saying you need to, in the process, when you're in this time of helping someone with a burden of helping them in their life as they're moving them along, you need to continually test the actions of your heart. Am I doing this for them? Am I helping them grow to maturity? Are I helping them move into this? And you're constantly looking at your heart and saying, is this really to help them get to a place where they're on their feet? Or am I somehow engaged in this in a way that's unhealthy and I'm bearing a burden? And if you do that, you will become weary and so will the people around you. So this goes into this truth. As you look at the next part of this verse, because at this point, Paul is concerned about this idea that if you step in, you step into care and out of love, you do that till they get on their feet because he wants to go back and say, you have one responsibility in a sense. Your full responsibility is to what your own load. If you look at verse two, if it's the idea of a crushing boulder, the word in verse five is the word of a load. It's really the idea of one's backpack. That's the, that's the idea. We are all given a backpack to carry throughout life. And in that backpack, that's ours. We're totally responsible for it. We're responsible for others partially, but we're responsible for ourselves fully. And the goal is always in the partial standpoint to help a person become fully responsible and mature. So you test your heart and your actions always going, is the action I'm taking here helping them get back on their feet or am I keeping them in the bed of irresponsibility? This is really difficult stuff to work through. Because circumstances are never really just black and white, right? There's all kinds of issues that take place in something like this. In essence, he's saying the backpack that you're to carry throughout your life is your own set of opinions and thoughts, your motivations, your abilities. There are all these different, your emotions, your needs, your choices, your values. Those are things that are exclusively yours, that you're to grow up in and that you're to be mature in. And so you need to make sure you keep that separated from that aspect of helping others when they're down. Now, What he's trying to do here is set up very clearly this idea that when you live your life and you take responsibility for your own life and you ask God and invite God into that life, 
then he says you live an unburdened life. What's really important about this is, is, as I was thinking about this, you can't, when you think about it, we, we have a tendency, or people can have a tendency to want to kind of pawn off their own stuff to someone else, right? You know, would you carry my thoughts and opinion? And when Mike Max was here, he said something that I think sums us up well. We're 100% responsible for two things. You remember what they were? Our attitude and our effort. It kind of contains all these things. But when you think about your words, there will be opportunities in life where people are going to constantly try and make you carry their backpack. Or you may be so wired that you want to step in. And, and, and there's little things like this. It happens in the things we say. You made me mad. Have you ever said that? You're, you're basically trying to put your backpack on someone else and saying, you know, you made me angry. No, you didn't. You chose to be angry. You may choose to be angry in a righteous way, but you chose it. So often what happens in those kind of situations is a person says, you made me mad. And the reason that happens is you don't even realize you have a choice because it probably is something you've done since you were very young. It's probably attached even to a wound if it's something that's not righteous. And it happens like this. And God is in the process of helping you understand, hey, look, I have a choice in this. I don't have to be driven by the things that are in my backpack. So I better take responsibility for it. And I better make sure that other people grow up into maturity, take responsibility so that I know what I'm supposed to carry and what I'm not supposed to carry. Say things like, you know, you offended me. You ever, you ever heard that? You know what? People, I have to first say, are way too easily offended. It's just a way of being irresponsible. You know what? There may be some legitimate times when you're offended, like when someone in a work situation crosses some boundary and inappropriately touches you. There's a boundary that says, hey, that's, that's an offense that needs to be dealt with. That's why we have laws for that. But a lot of the things we get offended about are really about wanting you to take care of my attitude or take care of my taste or whatever it might be. Or you uh, maybe have heard this one. You're the reason I'm not happy. If this situation was different, I'd be happy. Your backpack includes your happiness. You know, when you really want to look at this, and it really kind of, um, if you imagine it this way, it makes no sense at all. Can you imagine me going through life saying, um, you know what, uh, would you work out for me this week? I really want to be physically healthy. I only want to run about 10 miles a day. Or you might think, you know, would you make my choices for me for the next year? But we, we do those kind of things. Would you hold my anger? You made me mad. Would you carry my hurt? You offended me. Would you shoulder my self-pity? And think about it. Would you develop my abilities for me? I really want to get really good at playing golf. So if you'd go out next week, take some lessons for me. You just don't do it. And so I think that's why Paul, when he looks at this, he says, you know, people tend to do this. And so he wants to make it very clear. So you look at Galatians. You know, these are very important truths. He says, you know what? Some people are living a burden life. You may be living a burden life right now. You may live in such a way that you're carrying someone else's backpack and you're carrying another person's backpack and you got your kids and you got your husbands and you got someone at work and you're just weary and you're just tired. And Jesus is saying, guess what? It's not how I intended for you to live. Lighten up. Begin to start testing. Here's what's so cool. You can test every action is what you think he's saying. 
And then as you do this and you actually step in and you help someone to help them get on their feet, you're truly helping someone who's been crushed. He says you can actually take pride in this because what you're doing is you're just loving. It's not a comparative thing at all. You're just loving. And God loves loving hearts. One of the things that I've learned in counseling in this whole process is it's really important that I will say sometimes this phrase when I'm working with someone, if I'm working harder than they are on this problem, I'm working too hard. That's a great line to test in action. If I'm working harder than that person is working on this, then I'm working too hard. That puts a line of responsibility. So there's things you can ask yourself. Do you allow others to state their own opinions? That's a sense of letting them have their backpack. Do you encourage others to share their to share their convictions without causing them to feel inferior or guilty or shameful? Do you encourage others to think for themselves? Or do you kind of think it out for them and then tell them what to do? Do you value the relationship with another person as more important than your disagreement with the differences? That's another thing. You can disagree. That's okay. Do you allow anger to be expressed appropriately? Do you set limits with appropriate consequences? Do you respect another person's no? Can you say no? Those are all the unburdened life living in the kingdom and beginning to understand this is a backpack that I have that God's called me to carry and I'm going to responsibly carry it and I'm going to be really careful that I don't start to weary myself and carry other people's backpacks. I'll help them with the crushing load, but at a certain point I have to understand when I'm grabbing their backpack. Well, let me share with you another one. Letting go of control of outcomes. Anybody have that problem at all? You want to control an outcome? Oh, come on. You guys are so... Then we won't do this one. I guess it's just about me. Because I think here's another one that really people carry burdens all the time. It creates stress and worry and fear. You begin to coerce and you manipulate and you try and get things and to the point where you're exhausted and weary. And it just is really hard on relationships. There are all kinds of scriptures that point to this truth. Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. And the ones that I'm going to list for you, every one of them has humility in the beginning. And humility is not this, I'm going to feel bad about myself or I'm not going to think good about myself. Humility is this is my backpack. This is my area. This is, this is, this is what I am. I was reading C.S. Lewis. We were, Grace and I have been doing some work and just kind of understanding this whole idea of humility. And C.S. Lewis talks about pride. He says pride is, you know, if, if a person says I'm rich or I'm good looking or I'm, more, I'm intelligent, those kind of things, they may be statements of fact. Not that I mean any of those, that I'm any of those, but let's just say a person is. When they become pride, it's not, this is humility. You can actually understand that. Humility comes when you say I am better looking, I am richer, I am more intelligent. So when you look at this whole idea of controlling outcomes, it's, humility is always at the base of it as you look at it. He says, let your gentleness or your meekness and humility be evident to all. The Lord is near. So be careful not to coerce and manipulate and to try and get outcomes that you want. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. And here's where the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, comes in and guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, is when you begin to go, you know what? I have done what I can do, and now I've prayed about it, and I leave it there. I'm not to step outside this. 
First Peter chapter five, six and seven begins. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up, that he may act, intervene in his due time when it's right. We always want to step in. I always want to step in and make it because I think this is what it should be. It's one of Pastor Paul Bergen's favorite verses. He'll say sometimes when we read together, he goes, and, and this is cast your cares on the Lord for he cares for you. And he'll say it actually means to roll your cares onto the Father's lap because, you know, there's sometimes you just don't have the strength to cast it. And it's the idea of turning it over to him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. And what? He will straighten the path the way that he desires it to be straightened. And throughout our lives, I think we're challenged to, to continually say, God, this is what you've called me to control. Now, this is not an irresponsible, lazy life where you kind of just sit back and go, you know, let God, let go. Ah, just, you know, God's going to do it. Not at all. This calls for the fullness of who you are. It means taking everything in your backpack. It means thinking well. It means using your emotions in ways that they energize things that have to take place. It means understanding your values and your choices and your abilities and and harnessing them around something. But at a certain point you go, this is where it ends. This is where I'm done. This is where I leave it up to God. And if it's in someone else's court, you've got to leave it there. And then you pray. God's been teaching me that a whole lot in this church, in this whole search process stuff. I, I, I kind of go, well, I kind of have some ideas what I want. And I remember even like with Joel and the worship pastor thing, that was one of the times where I went, God, I am not in any way, I, I do not want my, I'm not going to take and, um, I can't think of the word I want right now, but I am not going to in any way take this and, and, and coerce it in a direction. I shared what I thought, and it ended up they didn't necessarily agree. It wasn't the easiest. I am lead pastor. <laughs> but even as a lead pastor, I have a responsibility of my own where it ends at times. And I give it, and I share it, and then I leave it there. And I remember just saying, God, I'm not going to even meet with that team when they start going through, especially stuff with Joel. I'm not going to even be a part of it. And I did the same thing with this other group. I'm not going to be a part of it because it's really not my will. That's the most important outcome, is it? It's God's will. And so you let God begin to work through the outcome of that, and God does what He wants to do. And I tell you, I'm so grateful He did what He did and what He's doing. It does not mean laziness or irresponsibility. It means you do all that you can do, and then you give it to God. I had a huge lesson in this, and I've never shared this. Oh, I'm getting even emotional even thinking about it. I haven't shared this illustration before because it was so personal and holy to me. Like 15 or so years ago, I was going through a process of really making some decisions or I had to make some changes and, and there were things going on and it was difficult and painful and I was praying through it and processing it. And I actually, my parents had a cabin up near Annandale and I wish they still had it, but they don't. But anyway, I went up there for a few days just to get away and pray, and I did that, and I would do that in the morning, and I just really spent time, and I was at a point where I had kind of wound out and prayed and journaled and done everything, and I still, you know, memorized verses, and I still felt this weight of anxiety. And so I decided to do what any good wise person would do, and that was I decided to go fishing for an hour. So I get in the boat, and I get in the boat, and there's this little 
um, bay in front of my parents, really weedy, not a great place to fish, don't fish, there's a couple other places. And, and when I would fish this lake, I never caught a walleye. I always wanted to catch a walleye. I'd catch northern and bass and, and perch and sunnies and all kinds of other things like that, but never a walleye. So I decided I'm going to go fishing, and I went out, and I went in front, I decided I'll start in front of the lagoon right by this weedy area, and I put my lure in, and I start, I go maybe a few yards, and I go a few yards, I feel a pull, and I'm going, oh, I got weeds, and I do, I start pulling in, it's weeds, but on the weeds is another line, and on that line is a lure. It's this green wally something. And I say, well, you know, I'll put that on the end of my lure, you know, on my end of my thing, I took the other one off, I put that one on, I threw it out, I went a few yards, and I get a, this kind of tug on my line. I, I, I pull this thing in, and here it is, this really nice sized walleye. Yeah, amen is right. <laughs> and I put it on a stringer. And so I, I had stopped the boat. I, I, I threw the line out and started the boat, went a few more yards, and I get another strike. I pull the thing in. It's another good sized walleye. This is honest truth. And I put it on a stringer, and I thought, this is really cool. So I. Put, and this is, the, you know, the lure I just picked up. So I put this lure and throw it back out again a third time. And I go just a few more yards. I'm not even out of my parents' little bay. And I get another strike. And I pull it in and it's a good-sized northern. And I, the, I, I, I have, don't even take it off the line. It's just sitting there with the lure bouncing around. And I just stop and I... I just begin to reflect. And I can't even describe it because it wasn't a voice. It was this deep impression. It was kind of like... It was this deep impression that said, Kevin, not only will I provide for you, but I will give you the resources for the provision. And I got to tell you, I've never worried since. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It was so marked for me. But you know what? Life is life. And I still kept, I go over that boundary, even though I know this word of God in my own heart. You may need to this morning say, God, I am worried enough about this. I, I, I'm not going to control this outcome. You know, if my kids make a choice that I'm not happy with, I'm going to have to let them deal with some of the consequences. If, if this work situation goes this direction, I, I've done all that I can. I don't know where it is, but you may be wearying and exhausting yourself, not living a kingdom of life, saying, God, I ask you into this. I present my request before you, and now I'm going to let your peace rule in whatever the outcome will be, and I will trust you in it. And there's another one. You need to let go of your sinful failures. You need to let go of your sinful failures. I mean, if you've made a mistake, whether it's in the past, years ago or weeks ago, and you're still lugging around your sinful failures and your mistakes, Jesus came. He lived this life He died on the cross that you would not live in your sin any longer, that you would not allow that burden to carry it's to be carried with you any longer. There is a sense now where he says, I've forgiven you. It's time for you to forgive yourself. And the way you forgive the word forgiveness, you know what it means? It means literally let it go. Let it go. I really believe there's some people that I'm speaking to this morning and God is speaking directly to your heart saying, you know what? You did that a while ago. You really hurt someone in this way. You've offended God. You, you've lived this way. And he's saying it's time to accept the forgiveness and it's time to forgive yourself and let it go and receive the grace of God. Allow the brokenness, which is repentance, to understand your brokenness. Allow that brokenness 
And that repentance that's in your heart, the humility, which is which has been a part of you now to be expressed in love to God that says, God, I trust you. I let it go. It's on the cross. It's no longer mine to carry. And then when, when Satan comes back and you hear it in your ear and he says, you know what? You rotten. Just tell him it's been paid for. It's done. You may even feel the consequences of what you did. And those consequences, sometimes God doesn't remove them completely. Sometimes in His grace He does. But more often than not, I have seen people live out the consequences. But as they live out the consequences, they no longer are burdened by the action of what caused it because they have let it go. They have they've received in their brokenness the fullness of God's forgiveness. And He is saying that to some of you today. I'm going to ask Joel and the worship team to lead us in a song. I want you to hear this song and to allow God to process within you wherever you're at. If you're broken right now because you've been trying to carry someone else's, you know, you, you started out and it was just, it was a, a crushing burden, but now you're carrying their backpack. Or maybe you've got kids, you've never taught them to carry their backpack. It's really difficult at this point, but you still need to do it. Or in a work situation. Or it may be that you've, you've, you've come to the point, you've prayed about it, and you say, God, I'm going to let you take care of the outcome now. Or you're just here saying, God, forgive me. And he does. He does.